hearts in your shade Pictures and treasures and the books of me read What's in your shade? What's in your shade? So what is that Razor Crest Lego thing? That's fucking impossible to get hold of. That's Mando's ship. And that's all sold out. And how big is it, the Lego model? I think it's about that big. So big. And then you got about five figures, but now you can't get them for love or money. And you managed to get one? No. No. <laughs> but the, apparently they're going to be stuck again, so fingers crossed before Christmas. Otherwise, I've ruined Christmas. That must be the number one Christmas gift then. Yeah, for me. Be awesome. <laughs> so you say that big, that's probably the size of a shoebox? About my penis. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, so um Yeah, it's gonna be crazy trying to get hold of these Mando gifts. I haven't even looked what's available. It would be quite cool to get a Mando There's action figure. Little baby Yodas. I've got one of those, a cool. really nice one, and the kids have got two soft ones. Yeah, there's soft ones, there's little movie ones, and then there's figures that Kika wants to get a Mando figure. So, yeah, so it'll be good. Ralph wants one of those Nintendo Game Watch. They, they're they re releasing. What's that? I don't know if you ever had them. They were like this Donkey Kong here. Oh, and um something and play right game and watch is it called game and watch yeah, yeah i had this i had this exact same model fuck you got the batteries and everything oh it works oh man yeah i had this i had this <laughs> and i had parachute i'm quite good at donkey kong i'm not good at video games generally but donkey kong donkey kong donkey kong i can get all the hooks down all three with all three lives and then it gives me an extra life can you do that? I don't know. I, I, my my multitasking is shit, so I didn't even hear one word you said. <laughs> Are you good at that game? Yeah, I remember playing this as a kid. I remember um, defeating Donkey Kong. So Ralph once, he said to me, Daddy, I'd like one of those Nintendo consoles. And I was like, but Ralph, you have a Nintendo Switch. And you want one of those? Well, he's got a Nintendo There's Switch. There's a Mario one. It's a new one. Yeah, that's the Mario. one he wants. Oh, the fantastic. Mario... Joe went online to look for it, and it was sold out. And I reckon that would be it for Christmas. Like, literally, they've mm. sold out. But she went. She kept checking, and she went on, I think, yesterday online and managed to get oh, cool. one. cool. How much are they going for? I think they're 50. Oh, that's okay. 50 quid, I think. You see, that Donkey Kong's ended. All the lives are gone. But it carries on playing while the lid is closed. I will keep this um, Mario Kart circuit. So it's uh, an actual Mario Kart car, which you control remotely with your Switch. Yeah. But it's got a camera on it. What? And, it, and so you're watching an augmented reality racetrack. So you're playing Mario Kart and you can create the track around your house. It comes with these little checkpoint flags and you put them around the house and then it maps the, the road. And you can play and there'll be the turtles the stars, bananas left on the floor and, and, and what have you. And you just play along. It's fantastic. That's so clever. Nintendo must have programmed that into their Switch before 
it's just come out. Fun knows, fun knows how it's done. It's magic, but yeah. it's great. That's yeah. so cool. Different world, isn't it, from what we used to play with? Exactly. Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Your bugger. I've only it's just started recording. Love it. <laughs> So tonight, Salvador's joining me to talk about an item mm -hmm. which is more like a portal that will take us into lots of different stories. And may I just add this little caveat here that I haven't done any homework. I don't really know properly what we're going to be talking about. You know, you just said Simpsons and that was it. Yeah. So I I'm a virgin. It's, it's the conversation that it will create. And I, I bet you will be it's talking. It's scary. We'll have lots but to it's say. But thrilling at the same time, enthralling at the same time. Yeah. We're going to talk about the Simpsons toys that I have. Love it. We won't go into a lot of detail about the individual toys, mm. although if you want to, you can. But as with all the episodes, it acts like a gateway, mm. like I said, a portal, and it will allow us to have a conversation where it takes us we don't know exactly and we are on but let's that join our hands together <laughs> listeners and join us as we take a step into the unknown i love it i get quite nervous for every single episode it's good it's because you care warren ah oh. you know if you didn't if you didn't give a sh if you didn't have any butterflies in your stand it's because i'm here as well you know so it's, it's just that sexual attraction <laughs> but um no it's good it shows that you care that's good. And and hopefully through the episodes, it <clears throat> I'll ease up a bit. Mm. And my voice always goes a bit funny. And that's also part Love of it. nerves. Love it. Unbelievable. I've done like 28, 29 episodes. Did you ever suffer from anxiety or anything when you were younger? No. I did. I had um, <clears throat> like panic attacks and stuff at my early 20s. Did I tell you about this? No. So, yeah, badly. Um it was completely debilitating I don't know when it, it I was working for a record label at the time and it happened actually it happened when I went to India I went on in, in my early 20s I went to India for a few weeks with some friends mm. and I was in the middle of this jungle we went far off the beaten track went as far as possible to a point where we got to a village and this these kids were just crying when they saw me because they never saw a white guy before they were like, the, the man was saying, oh, I haven't seen someone white before. That's when they were just completely freaked out by me. Um, and, uh, yeah, that one evening, we're, we're just like in this ramshackled place, really hot, mozzies, no mosquito net. And I had all this tension in me and stuff. I don't know why, it just came out of nowhere in the middle of the night. And it just, it built up and it built up and it built up. And I thought I was having a heart attack. I literally, I said, I'm, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. I was so certain. Mm. My my body was doing this thing, this, which, I, you know, out of out of nothing. You know, I wasn't in a stressful situation that I knew of. and But it was in this fight or flight mode and completely knocked me sideways. I was, I just couldn't concentrate. I was palpitating, sweating, cold. Uh, and it lasted for quite a while. And my friends were, even they were getting worried. What the fuck? So they, they said, you know, where can we go to a doctor? And so I'll, go, I'll take you and fucking ages and went to mm. some weird little hospital so did your friends notice that something was happening and then they no I, I literally told them I said guys something really oh, something... so no one could pick it up no one could see no no, no. Or... it was in the middle of the night to wake them up oh, okay. you know so 
we got outside trying to walk get some fresh air and it's got just built up and built up and i was like what the fuck's happening it's getting worse and worse and uh yeah took me to this hospital <clears throat> middle of the night four in the morning and it was just us in this one doctor one nurse and uh they couldn't speak any english or anything and it was just trying to hard to convey and this this other guy was trying to explain that yeah his, his heart's doing something and mm. And but the, the doctor knew that this guy, this fucking white guy, is just losing it. You know, mm. the, the, apparently the malaria tablets had the side effects that you can get uh, anxiety attacks and stuff. And they, he, he, he took this nurse took me away into this uh, part of the ho uh, hospital, drew the curtains and pulled out an injection. And she shot me with morphine. That's gonna relax you. Fuck, it was the best. Ever, <laughs> it was the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, I've taken a few drugs, and that's the one that's that's always like fuck. That was the best. Literally, as soon as she put the needle in, everything just lifted. All this weight just went off my shoulders, and I fell in love with this nurse straight away. I, like, oh, I think I had a boner as well. She went bang. <laughs> You've taken. And I out. said to her, I, was like, "I love you. You're an angel. I love because, purely because all of this." bad stuff just got sucked away yeah and my brain just went bing you're happy now and uh i was so relieved like, i just feel like she saved my life you know just fell in love with her completely so anxiety is pain mm. because morphine is pain relief Poof. and i guess it will act on anxiety yeah it must be hard if something comes up on you comes up on you by surprise yeah is that right Ooh. Where you you don't you can't rationalize it you don't know where it's come from. Mm. Would you describe it as like a point of no return? You realize you're getting bad and then you just can't control. Yeah, 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 exactly. It spirals and you start falling down this hole, and uh, it's it. And obviously, because of this shock effect, as you say, this thing happens about any sign or warning. Mm. You're completely on edge for a long time and always think it's going to happen now it's going to happen now it's happening mm. and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy it does happen because you're building up that tension yeah. so there, there, actually, there actually are markers to show you why you're having these panic attacks if you do write down um, so any listeners that, that do suffer from panic attacks anxiety you know, when you do have a panic attack get a piece of paper and a pen write exactly what you were doing mm. before it came um, well even the whole day you know there could be little signs that mm. led to that and uh, you start seeing a pattern once you put have this journal and stuff. And uh, but yeah, I remember the, the early stages. I, just, I I didn't know there were just panic attacks. I literally thought there was something wrong with my heart and stuff. So that happened for a while. And then when I realised, I checked the hospital and stuff. There was nothing wrong with me. Then I thought I was going crazy. Mm. And that was just as bad. That was even worse. And I remember being in walking through Soho at some point, knowing at this point, like okay, there's nothing wrong with me um, physically. It's mm. all mental. And I was like thinking, I can't, I, I, I'm only 20, I don't know, 22, 23, whatever. And I can't imagine the rest of my life like this. Like, mm. I really can't be living like this for the rest of my life. And that really put me down. And it becomes a whole, you know, it just mm, feeds mm. off itself. And you become depressed and what have you. And then that's it. It's debilitating. And so when you're having a panic attack, you think, you know, you're in fight or flight mode, basically. So your body is pumping all these, this energy in you, your heart's, pumping away really fast to get all the blood everywhere into mm. your muscles because it's the same reaction your body triggers say if you're in the jungle and saw a lion it's the mm. fight or flight you're going to fight it or you're going to run away either way you need all this energy in you you mm. need to have it ready to run or to fight 
and uh, yeah, once um, once you realise what it is, you know, someone I remember having because so I was getting very fearful of going into um, enclosed spaces. For example, the London Underground, a tube. Mm. That's like the worst place you can be for a panic attack, and it's happened to me before. You know, you go into a tunnel, then the train stops, and you realise, oh, fuck. You know, it's not going to be a couple of minutes until the doors open and you can get out. Once you realise there's no escape, there's no exit to your situation, in my case anyway, that really built up the tension. So whether I was in a taxi, whether I was in a meeting mm. with big clients, um, whether I was doing a, a talk at a meeting or what have you, um, I remember having thinking of having one in a taxi on the way to an award ceremony for designers with the record label. And we're going through central London and I was thinking, fuck, I'm going to have to open a door and just run. Mm. Like in the middle of the, well, the car was moving, you know. Yes. As soon as the car slows down, I'm going to open the door and I'm just going to run. And I'm wondering, well, I'm going to tell him tomorrow, what am I going to say? I'm going to have to come up with a story or whatever. Yeah. It's weird. So, so you put even more pressure on yourself. Mm. So it happens to me once in a tube and then I just stood up and I thought, fuck, I'm having a heart attack or what have you. And I started walking to people, you know, to like, can you help me? Um... But then, you know, being in London, they just ignored, I didn't say anything, just see me walking up mm. with this panic in my face and just look down on the floor or purposely mm. create some sort of body language that says, shuts me off. So no, don't come to me. So I was going to one, two, three people, and I, fuck, 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 fuck. And then this woman just, she was, again, like an angel, just looked at me with a really warm smile and said, and just tapped on a seat next to her, come and sit here. Oh, that's good. And she's, and I said, I'm sorry, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I couldn't even get the sentence, I said, you're having a panic attack so what so you're having a panic attack I don't know and uh, she said don't worry she held my hand don't worry mm. the doors are going to open you'll be okay nothing's going to happen and then she gave me some names for these books mm. she said look find these books this is what you're having and I was like thank you so much and that almost just having someone say everything's going to be okay relieves a lot mm. and then I found those books and I realised I wasn't going crazy and it was knowledge which was the key that stopped the panic, attack, panic attacks for me and anxiety and depression it was just the knowledge of saying this happens to loads of people uh, this is why it happens it doesn't you know you, you can get out of it and once I realised there's a there was a reason to it then I was okay if there's a reason to it then I can get out of this there's, there's a way to stop this mm. before I just had this thing in my head that it, it's completely spontaneous and irrational and it'll just drop whenever mm. And that's what really scared the shit out of me. But once I realised, wait a minute, oh, I'm in control. And then that's, that was the key. And then I stopped it. And recognising the triggers, perhaps. Knowing... Yeah, recognising the triggers. And there's times, and it's still to this, this day, I can feel when the triggers are starting, but you accept it. Mm. You go, fine, come on. And then it, it goes away. Yeah. You feel it when your head's going a bit light and stuff. And he's like, look, I know you're there. These little demons. And then, uh, yeah. That's amazing. So thanks for sharing that. That's cool. It's no, really... I think it's really important. As, uh, mental health, mm. anxiety, depression. I don't have that anymore. But uh, I know a lot of people do. Mm. And, you know, it, it isn't completely irrational. There's all, it, it's all done because of certain things. And there, there has been a stigma attached to that yeah, type Yeah, exactly. Of so there was a massive taboo for that, especially when, when I was in my 20s, you know, so 20 years ago. Um, it wasn't as... I couldn't tell my boss. Mm. i just, like, get up and say, oh, I need to go. I can't... It's, why, why, sir? Where are you going? I can't work today. And, and I was nearly got the sack. Yeah. Just drop and go, you know. That's so interesting. And perhaps if 
you look at it in a way where you approached people mm. if you had a physical injury like you mm. you had broken your leg or you you had cut yourself or whatever it's more likely people would can i help yeah. you are you okay i'm going to call the an cause. ambulance you see they're seeing the effects right now and i can see mm. the cause of that with mental health you can't see the cause you're yeah. seeing the effects constantly once you see the cause you're, okay great and that's what the book was the book was it made me see what the cause was mm. and uh i wasn't going crazy you know yeah and it's good to talk about it because then you remove that stigma and then more people can help you mm. more people can understand it yeah i think it needs to be part of the curriculum for schools in high schools you know because i think that's when you you really are susceptible to it especially now with social media what the kids have today bullying and what have you mm -hmm. cyberbullying maybe they need to realize look you're probably going to crack at some point when you get older this is mm. completely normal this is all part of fatigue and stuff and mental stress yeah um don't hide it you're not going to go you're not going to go mad I didn't know what the fuck it was that's why it, it, it exasperated yeah. the problem and made it worse for me yeah I'd, I've never experienced it mm. the same way as you have but I have experienced times where I'm in a social situation and and it doesn't feel mm. right the people would be nice mm. yeah but yeah, maybe yeah, for it, sure. maybe there's you're at a event where there's people there that you don't know or you, you just feel uncomfortable for some mm. reason and sometimes I have to leave places sure. early yeah. and I don't question it I think okay something's not right I've got to go and, and that, it makes you feel better do it yeah you know? but that looks like you're chickening out and you're not dealing with Dude. it there and then but um, you recognise it and you move away and then you can think it through and Rance can can say Rance me he's just you know he, he was used to me just leaving parties like we'll just get to a pub, we'll travel to go to a party. It'll be amazing, It'll be great, loads of you know girls there and stuff, great music, and then I'm gone, you know, mm. in like half an hour. So what the fuck? Where did you go and stuff? You know, and I just go without even telling I'm going because I know there'll be a fight for me to stay. <laughs> so you can't be going now. I just go. <laughs> I've got to go. I've yeah. got to go. I just, I just leave. Yeah. But I don't do that anymore. I'm quite yeah. the opposite now. Yeah, I, you would never, never <laughs> know by meeting you mm. or knowing you. Except the once we had a pre-New Year's party here. Oh, the plumber. And <laughs> yeah. you had to leave suddenly and... That... Yeah, that was just a lot of weed. <laughs> and and that was I wasn't used to vaping weed either. And it was that really strong stuff. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not getting any of this. No, I can't feel the hit. And then all of a sudden, you know, it hit me. And, oh, my God, no one's... Uh, am I just not saying anything in this conversation? <laughs> I'm going. I think I've got a plumber. What? It sounds about like, yeah. yeah. The, about the 28th or 29th of December and you said you needed to get a plumber there's like a plumbing issue no, at my house and we all said it was the first one that came to my mind because we had a plumbing issue and we are getting a plumber <laughs> I thought I get out of here and we were all like Sal there's no plumbers like now you won't get there a plumber there were shut up <laughs> and we were like I'll, was, come and, I'll come and help sort it, it was out. weird <laughs> I get that sometimes I really lose time on sometimes with weed especially like you just lose the the perception of time it's crazy so i thought i was sitting there for about 45 minutes an hour without talking <laughs> and it wasn't i probably said something like two minutes ago yeah. and i remember getting back home and uh and i was there like yeah, right, yeah yeah i'm just gonna make a sandwich i had the munchies so i wanted to make a sandwich it was in the living room and it felt like it was taking ages to make the sandwich sandwich I got the bread out butter <laughs> on the bread and i'm like, sorry and i'm nearly done so what I'm nearly done. 
literally I was there for 10 seconds yeah. and it felt like 45 minutes I'm like, why is it taking ages to spread this fucking bread anyway I got the, the sandwich and I walked straight past I'm just going to eat this in the bed and, and she's like what the fuck are you on <laughs> so I went to the bed and I'm just eating the sandwich <laughs> in bed and it felt like it took forever <laughs> <laughs> I like took forever. Like I put the timer. Like what's up? It's time. So I put the timer on. Put the stopwatch. Hit start. I said I'm gonna look at the stopwatch when I think you know a good time has passed. And I'm mm. like, okay, that's long now. I look back. It's like five seconds. Completely had no aware of how time functioned. <laughs> it was nuts. Sounds like fun. Except when you had to leave, and then when you kind of reach your base and you get your food. Mm. And you realise that your mind's playing tricks on you. Yeah. And you can enjoy the ride. It's lovely. I've got on my lap a, a shoebox. It's, yeah, uh, it's fine. Let's get to the fucking topic because that was really depressing. Yeah. No. So this is a, a Simpsons shoe box. Vans released some Simpsons shoes, and it's a beautiful box with all the classic I love that. Simpsons colours. It's got the clouds, which we call the Simpsons clouds. And mm -hmm. if I ever go outside and see clouds like this, I always say uh, those are the Simpsons clouds. They're the clouds. perfect clouds. And the kids know too, so they've been watching the Simpsons on Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah, my boy loves it. And inside this box, I've got a few of my Simpsons collection. Such a nice box. There's, yeah, it is. It's a... So you got the you got um, Springfield wrapping around the box. So there's the Simpsons household. There's Moe's bar, Come and on. there's Lard Lad Donuts with um, Chief Wiggins' car parked outside. <laughs> it is a beautiful box, it's and great. It, it says here June 05, 2020. Please hold sales until June. 05 2020 june the 5th that's the american style of saying the date Crazy. and i got these shoes and they're gorgeous they're just here next I love to them. me they're the simpsons colors you they're beautiful blue so you got marge's blue hair but under her skin the orange i don't know but um it works perfectly with those colors and you know it's almost like a trademark that shade of blue that's that's simpsons yeah. that orange that's simpsons in the box I've got a few of the Simpsons toys and I'm sure we'll get onto them in a, in a minute but the Simpsons started in 1989 December 1989 mm -hmm. and it was created by Matt Groening I say that groaning groaning say groaning do you say well OE in German yeah. is is instead of doing oh, okay. O with an umlaut so is he German descendant I don't know. There's a lot of American names mm. with a German... Is there an umlaut in this over the O? No umlaut. So what happens is, if you could actually write a G-R, umlaut O, N-I-N-G. Mm. But if you want to, to replace the umlaut O, you can do O-E. It's ah. the same sound. So groaning. Uh, but no one says Matt groaning. Mm. You do. <laughs> I do. Now I do. And... He based the Simpsons on his family and he replaced Bart's name. He, he is Bart, but he called it Bart, so he didn't call Bart Matt, if you know mm. what I mean. And the Simpsons so were... So he had a younger sister and a baby sister as well. He must have done. Oh. Well, the information I read said that he based it on his family. So I guess it probably is mm. roughly the same ages. And it's this dysfunctional 
American Family. The series came out in the late 80s, edging into the 90s, where I think artists were taking more risks. They were going back to that whole punk kind of mm. style. And The Simpsons caught my attention from 1989, my pivotal year when I was 12. I loved the drawings, the simplicity of it, the rudeness. Mm. Like it was cheeky, it mm -hmm. was risky. Sure. And the colors, the bright colors, I was instantly attracted to it. And I used to watch it with my brother. And then I, I think he didn't watch as many as me. I think he kind of, he was a bit older than me and he was into sports and other things. And he, he watched other stuff. I watched it on a Monday night on the terrestrial channel. There was B, uh, not BBC, SABC one, mm. two and three. So there were three TV channels in South Africa. And all my friends and I would watch it on the same night. And then the next day at school, we'd be lining up for our lesson. And we would talk about The Simpsons. Like, Love it. just funny things in there. And we would put on some of the voices, like Krusty the Clown, when he goes... On that Cape Fear episode. I don't know if you saw that one. I think so. Cape Fear. F-E-A-R-E. -E. Yeah. And they're on that boat and Krusty the Clown is there and he's attacking he's after Bart mm. I don't know what I can't remember it's quite a dark film Cape Fear but it's based on that and Krusty go, like he stands on a rake and the rake pings up and hits him on his head and he goes <laughs> and then he like walks around the boat he's on the deck of the boat and then he stands on another rake and it hits his head and he goes Ugh. And we'd be standing outside the classroom at school doing that. Doing that. <laughs> that sideshow Bob, I knew I got it wrong on the night. I, I couldn't bring myself to think which one it was. I always got confused between Krusty the Clown and Sideshow Bob. But the Cape Fear episode, it was definitely Sideshow Bob who was after Bart or someone. And we'd be like... Did you see that? That was so funny. And then there was the episode about Marge who becomes a gambling addict. Mm. Smithers, or Mr. Burns, I keep getting mixed up. Mr. Burns opens a casino and Marge becomes addicted to the slot machines. And Mr. Burns goes crazy and Smithers is with him the whole time and he becomes completely isolated. He ends up growing his nails out, like his nails grow really long, his his fingernails and toenails and he gets a huge beard and he's he's bedridden because mm. he's so like out of it and he puts tissue boxes on his feet as his like slippers <laughs> and it gets to a point where Smithers basically says like something's going on in the casino and it all kicks off I haven't watched the episode in a while and Mr. Burns goes let we've got to go somewhere and He's, then Smithers says, how are we going to get there? And he says, I know, we'll hop in the spruce moose. And the spruce moose is a like a model, like aeroplane. Mm. He's gone so like crazy that he thinks we can get in the spruce moose, this tiny little thing. And we're quoting the line. So Smithers says something and then Mr. Burns goes, I know, we'll go in the spruce moose. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, but sir, it's a model. And he goes, model? <laughs> <laughs> Love him. And we would be quoting all these things and it influenced 
so much in in my life drawing for one mm. and you're an artist you draw mm. and the the pictures were achievable you could actually yeah. draw them and the likeness would be quite close because sometimes when you copy it's yeah, very difficult there were simple shapes you know the eyes and the nose and stuff for me what made the simpsons such a revelation was that it was the first time on tv they had um such a dysfunctional family and and they were horrible role models you know bar um maggie and uh and marsh to some extent but the rest of them were deplorable you know bart was you know was a complete nuisance um dad was an alcoholic strangles his son mm. uh and then you go to most tavern everyone there was some slice of wrong you know in in society in regards to you know where you can be in life um and everyone you know teachers fellow kids and stuff they were all kind of weird anti-hero kind of role models and it was quite refreshing i thought you know it was like wow it was very punk yeah you know um and it was a kid's show it was just as much as it was an adult show, adult show as well i suppose but um that's what really got to me like wow you know he's got no respect for his dad look at him <laughs> he's, he's stealing from the shops and he's skiving off school uh and it was hilarious and homer getting completely wasted yeah so it started off as bart was supposed to be the key figure of the show and then they realized wait a minute fuck homer's the treasure here yeah and then you realize i think i don't know after season five or something this is what we need to be focusing on homer's fucking comedy gold um everything you know he's misogynistic he's lazy he's male chauvinist pig self-centered and his saying where he says don't yeah that's become part of yeah, the english language part of the pop culture you know i use it quite often like in Everyone text does. messages Giga does it, like, don't! <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible 691 episodes since 1989 there's probably more because where I read this, it, it hasn't been updated, I suppose. And it started as a like a side cartoon on the Tracy Ullman show, right? Yes, that's correct. Mm. And there was about I don't know, maybe four or five episodes like that, and then and it, the animation's terrible, the artwork's terrible as well. It's horrible. If you look at the the original Simpsons, the first ever show, yeah, it was so bad, it was so poor. But um, there's something about it, you know. Even Homer, I think even Homer's voice was different, but. It was that dysfunctionality, which still just like bang, this is a mm, winner. Mm. I think people needed it after the eighties. Mm, like glamorous, yuppie, uh, capitalist kind of movement, and then all of a sudden you're seeing this side effects, which yeah. is The Simpsons. Very clever, and it's been the longest running U.S. sitcom. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. What season it? are we on now? I don't know when I look on Disney Plus. That's a new it's season, like that one. Eighteen, maybe. No, no, there's way more. Oh, there's there? way more. Yeah. Oh, tw into the twenties. thirties. No, oh, but I'm just wondering if it's gone into the forties yet. Probably has. Mm. I, I wonder if they're still making any or. Yeah, well, there, there was a, there was a new advert for a new season for Disney Plus. So I don't know whether or not it's, they just claimed the, a season which they haven't yeah. got yet. But it was yeah, it was all over the place. New season Simpsons. Clearly, I haven't done my research. Oh, that's okay. That's why. That. That's why we love this show. Do you have a favourite Simpsons episode? Um, no, but I love Simpsons scenes, certain scenes, and I love, um, is it Ralph Wiggin? 
Yeah, Chief Wiggins' son. Yeah, he's my favourite. He's he's so adorable. He's lovely. Um, there was that uh, Valentine's one where he was sending a card to to Maggie. I think I vaguely remember that one. And it was an episode where they're in the classroom and the, the teacher says, okay, you can hand over your Valentine cards to whoever. And there's these kids like just dishing around to their friends and stuff. And Maggie, as wonderful as she is, you know, she, she noticed that Ralph wasn't getting anything and he had this little envelope ready to receive his uh, Valentine's and it was completely barren. And uh, she got up and she quickly wrote a Valentine's card and oh, Lisa's gave it to her. wonderful. Lisa, so I want to say Maggie, Lisa. Um, and yeah, and and that was great. And then it just started some sort of like stalkerish. <laughs> and he drew her card, and it said, "Will you be mine?" And it was a B saying that. It said, "You know, just." I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think he says, "You know, I smell of kittens." Just these little weird lines. Um, I love him. I think he's great. He is good choice. His dad's an arsehole, but he's great. He's a sweet kid, and my my son's called Ralph. Beautiful. Isn't that lovely? I don't know if it's spelt the same, but it still sounds and, and the same. And he smells of kittens as well. He Ralph? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a 25th anniversary or 25, yeah, 25th Simpsons anniversary greatest guest stars. And this was something that I loved about The Simpsons was when they would bring on a guest mm. star. So we've had Mark Hamill, yeah. Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars. Sorry about the news. Darth Vader. Darth. Oh. And I don't know his name, unfortunately. I, I know him as Darth Vader. Dave Prouse. Um, who played Darth Vader. Obviously didn't voice him. That was James L. Jones. Um but yeah he was also the Green Cross code man here in the UK so there was like this government backed um, campaign TV adverts of how to cross the road for dumb fuck kids like me so look left right listen and then cross and then you know he'll be like this kind of superhero at the side of a pavement and these kids about to run up hey kids stop <laughs> do you remember the Green Cross code Look left, right, hold your hands and walk along with me. Yeah, fucking complete stranger, you fucking paedophile. <laughs> so I don't know what that promoted, but hey, it was the 80s. Um, but yeah, so he was famous for that. Yeah. So how did I get onto that? I, I said Mark Hamill. Yeah, I've actually got special a special guest. Yeah, I've got a special guest. I've got the toy here of Mark Hamill. Oh. It's one of the few that is out of the You're box. You're going to have to put that on the gram as well, on the Instagram, Wes. Bit of Mark Hamill. Yeah, look at him. And they've all got this, like, they also all need to see the orthodontist, don't they? They've got this overhanging yeah. bite. So I have Michael Stipe here as well. Ah. And Michael Stipe is a hero of mine. I love REM. I'm intrigued by Michael Stipe. Mm. Also because Tom York loves Michael Stipe. And Tom York confides in him, apparently, and... Michael Stipe helps him through difficult times because it must be. Oh, I didn't know that. It must be quite strange being the lead singer of Radiohead. Mm. I mean, he's the lead singer of REM, but I'm sure it becomes overwhelming and it can be quite mm. difficult at times. And Michael Stipe helps him. He's kind of like a guru. Mm. And Tom York based 
a lot of his dance moves on how Michael Sad huh. moves. Because I don't know if you've ever seen Michael Sad. slinky and yeah, and wavy. He, and sometimes he just goes off like he'll ah. wave his arms around and his head wobbles all over the place. And then if you see Tom York move, he does very similar mm. moves to Michael Stipe. And the episode he's on is called Homer the Mo, and Homer looks after Mo's tavern. <laughs> because That's not going to end well. No. Mo went off to go see his old university professor at his University of Swigmore. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a university for people who are going to work in bars it's all mm. about booze perfect and he goes off to this and Homer's looking after most heaven and obviously Homer wrecks it but then Mo sees the light he meets his professor his professor ends up walking into a lake and ending his life and then Mo goes back to his tavern and Homer's trying to fix it up he's wrecked it oh actually Mo is in there trying to fix it mm. up like with builders and then Homer comes in with a gun and like what are you doing and it turns out to be Mo and they change Mo changes the bar into some fancy place yeah I've seen this one yeah I remember this where there's lots of contemporary art and weird yeah. for the sake of being weird yeah. that kind of style and I think they even use the line weird for the sake of being weird when they describe that those posters and pictures on there and Homer and his mates who always go to most heaven Carl and uh, Lenny <laughs> yeah they're really upset and they're a nice group of yeah. guys they they, they I remember like that, yeah so they kind of like that uber gentrify he uber gentrifies the most bar doesn't he and yeah completely changes the demographic of it all and when Homer's there with his mates Mo's project manager or CEO whoever's running the mm. show Mo introduces his Homer and his mates and this guy looks at them and turns off a light and it only puts Homer and his mates in darkness and the rest of this club is in light and Homer's like we just want to go to the bar and have a normal drink mm. kind of like us mm. and he sets up a bar in his house in his garage and invites R.E.M. to come and play but he tells them it's for a benefit gig to save the rainforest <laughs> And Mike Mills, Peter Buck, and what's his name? Uh, <laughs> After Michael Stein. Oh, you were another member. <laughs> they go to his garage and they're playing. It's the end of the world as we, we know, know it. it. <laughs> it's the end of the world as we know it. And then Homer goes, beep, bop, da, 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 da. you know how it goes and the home is like putting in loads of lines it's really funny I couldn't I can't remember what they actually were Herman Munster Motorcade, Birthday Party Cheetos, Pogo Sticks and Lemonade, You Symbiotic, Stupid Jerks, That's Right, Flanders, I am talking about you. How'd you get R.E.M. to play in your garage? I told them it was a benefit. They think they're saving the rainforest. <laughs> <laughs> Suckers. You know, that kind of part of the song where it turns into a bit of a what rap. a great gig for the, the guy that does Homer's voice, right? Because the amount of times he's talk, spoken with celebrities on the show I mean amazing I think Paul McCartney's been on it yeah. Ringo Starr I think as well 
And what always amazed me as a kid, even now, is it's that person's voice. Mm. So when REM were in his yeah. garage singing, that was them singing. Yeah, they'll be there in the studio recording all of that. And Mike Mills or Peter Buck, I don't know which one, asked... Which Michael, one's the gla- one of the glasses and the blonde hair? Oh, no. I love REM so much, yeah. but I don't know who they okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It could be either. Mm. And one of them says to Michael Stipe, are you sure like these are millionaires who are going to like mm. give us money f- to save the rainforest and Michael Stipe goes well they ha- they've got to be millionaires because he's got a bar in his house <laughs> and I-, I adored that episode because one of my heroes was in mm. it and Sal I know that you've met Michael Stipe I have yeah can you tell us more about it was that? very short and brief um, again working for one of the record labels and I, he was doing a gig in um, Trafalgar Square no Leicester, yeah, Trafalgar Square and uh, we were um, well I was doing all the, the marketing for us the posters and all of that and then we had an after party in this swanky uh, hotel and and yeah so uh, at the after party I met him I met him before but I didn't speak to him we hired a whole pub out near Chicago Square and we were there the record label and the band and stuff and then we went out he did his gig we enjoyed that getting really drunk and what else and uh, yeah, had the after party and I was brought over to to chat with him so, so I went to meet Michael and yeah, so I did all the design and stuff and I know that Michael um, designs all the REM covers and I think they're fantastic and I said, that's what I told him so look I love the design work on on your stuff um, Monster and all the other Monster's beautiful yeah. that cover's so lovely and he was like oh great thanks and stuff and uh, yeah we just had a nice little pleasant chat He's, he seems like a very calming soothing uh, human and yeah lovely it was great chance him what's it like in that music industry that whole business like I know you were there working when was that what year around uh, fuck knows my my concept of time is weird but I was like 20 I uh, know that 22 maybe I started working so 2000 around there maybe yeah I don't want to give too many clues of what labels I've been working on and stuff but uh, yeah many years and the industry the allowed you to go to parties and all these oh that was all yeah things. for sure yeah and especially if you're working on a party you know so I'll be doing stuff to promote the party with my design and what have you or if I worked on the album or single or whatever and uh, but yeah it was very party orientated then and still is to some extent but um, not as much um, but uh, yeah we had people I have to be careful what I say you know but <laughs> I can tell was, you're very guarded yeah. with this conversation you're not saying a lot yeah I'm happy to just talk fully um, in a bar <laughs> I've been recording and going online but uh, yeah let's just say there was lots of partying um and and it's kind of expected at points, you know. It's rock and roll. I remember doing uh, class A drugs with a boss just two weeks into the job in the office, you know. Um, and like, uh, yeah, I have to. Should I help you out? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just yeah, it's just it's where we yeah. 
There's loads of stories, but yeah. I'd rather not. I don't want to get too <laughs> okay, close. Okay, we won't go there. Yeah. That's fine. It's going to be quite incriminating at <laughs> the time. This is this is the first time I've had a guest where this has happened, and I've been watching David Letterman quite mm. a bit. He's done a new yeah on series. Netflix. My guest needs no introduction. Yeah, I something think like it's something that. like that. And ne- was it was yeah, and next or something? Yeah, I think the word next is in there. Yeah. Oh, my next th- guest is. That's it. Yeah, and he was speaking to Robert Downey Jr. And Robert Downey Jr. actually started questioning him. Mm. And then he felt kind of uncomfortable. and was like, hey, hang on. This is about yeah, you. Yeah. It was a moment there. but Yeah, I've got, I've got loads of stories. I'm sorry. I don't want to... Because there are people that people might know yeah, and course, stuff. Of course, of and, course. Um, and, and a lot of hush about... But now you know, you've made but, it well, I, I, I could talk about what I've done. I've, you know, I got shit-faced there. They had a, a champagne cabinet for whenever we had a number one. We go, hey, champagne cabinet. And all the departments get a bottle of champagne. Fucking, you know, 11 in the morning, pop it open, pass it round, and celebrate. They'll be like number one. Yeah. But uh, I'll be partying in London and maybe with some other staff members. Should we go back to the building? Because the, the concierge is there. We're not going, ba 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 let us in. It's fine, because it happens. You know, we've got, we need to do some work, more late night stuff. <laughs> we'll go up and raid the champagne cabinet take the bit the bottles out <laughs> down them and then go to the brainstorming room and just have a party there and I remember waking up in the morning fuck and I'd work the next day I was there I was already in the building I just <laughs> I just slumbered off into the into my desk and like yeah. who the fuck had the champagne they were screaming <laughs> bottles in the brainstorm but yeah I'd done lots of naughty stuff there um, I remember there was a Green Day gig I was doing all the artwork for and oh, dick you know this is I was young I was like early 20s and I was really happy to be in a an industry like the music industry I came from a council estate I was the first one from our family to go to university and stuff you know my my expectations of where I'll be in life was you know was was very low you know they had no aspiration when you're a kid like that growing up in a council estate uh, and all your friends as well and you know, never been into a house house before, you know, mm. let alone a music industry. Um, yeah, so when you're that age, you have no aspirations, but I remember someone, there's another story of how I got into music industry, but it, I was pushed by someone to just, just do it. I thought, I'm never good enough for that. And lucky enough, I ended up there and it changed everything, you know. Mm. Um, but, uh, Green Day. Green Day. So, yeah, so I was all like, wow, I'm in the music industry. And I'll just drink a lot and do some drugs and stuff. And at that age, you think you're invincible. So we had a Green Day gig, and it was a quite small, intimate Radio 1 gig mm. um, live. And I'm rare beers and stuff because everything's free, you know? And that's just a bad thing to give to a 20 year old who likes to party. And I went on stage, did like stage dives, crowd surfed, went to the mosh pit, and it was like, whoa, whoa this guy's a bit crazy. Like, Come on, motherfuckers. That's usually the case though, Green Day fans, you know what I mean? You think yeah. they're all like hard moshers, and, and they're not, they're just fucking pussies. And anyway, I ended up getting really dry, just being a dick. And then, like, way and I threw uh, some drinks at the Radio 1 sound desk. Oh, no. I ripped off the tiles from the ceiling and threw them into the crowd. Oh, dear. Uh, ended up on the floor in the platform at um, Oxford Circus uh, my mate ripping my t-shirt with his pen knife <laughs> screaming 
Yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, guys, oh, it was, it was, more, it was wrong. You're more punk than Green Day. Well, Green Fuck Day Green aren't Day. really punk. Fuck are Green they? Day. I quite like Green Day. I love them. Dookie, great album. Uh, but yeah, we played, we listened to a lot of it when we were in a record label. And imagine seeing them live. I can, I can imagine that will make you it's weird. energetic you, and yeah you like you know you go well could, these people are usually on the other side of the screen and now i'm with yeah. them and you know you, you see all the, the, the just as human as you are really and yeah. and the and music makes other. you want to jump yeah they've probably been on the simpsons they have i've yeah. never seen them on the simpsons yeah i'm going to track down that episode all you need to do is go and google and type in simpsons episode green day there you go and then they tell you which you'll one be on it one day was well <laughs> maybe who knows Another guest star that I have a toy for is Tom Petty. Oh, you love Tom Petty. I do. Tom Petty's soul. And I saw Tom Petty live at the Isle of Wight Festival, the same year that Pearl Jam played. Mm. And it was incredible. Tom Petty was beautiful. He stood at the mic, and I'm going to stand up and show you. So I'm, I'm That's such a great... You. It's just a great packaging as well. Isn't that good? Do you know that particular toy is worth like three hundred pounds? Fuck, really? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a rarity. I'm looking. Ah, I found this maraca. So Tom Petty on stage, Isle of Wight Festival. He's holding the mic yeah. on the stand with one hand, and he's got the yeah. maraca in the other, and he does like a proper lunge. And I'm lunging towards Selna. And it was, it was a beautiful moment seeing Tom Petty do that. Mm. Unfortunately, he passed away soon after. And that was, I've written down the year because... Was like it your you, fault, was it? Well, when you didn't do anything? No, mm. I didn't. Maybe I loved him too much. Yeah. He died on the 2nd of October, 2017. Mm. I went to America on the 9th of October, 2017. Wow. And you're going to laugh because I'm going to talk about Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is an in-joke, ladies and gentlemen. We used to do a, a podcast called Cinema Under the Stairs. If you like movies, check it out. It's actually quite fun. Because um, well, we run a cinema here in Oxford. And uh, Warren always used to bring up his road trips across America. Well, not across America, just, just down Idaho. <laughs> and I was oh, fuck me. Here comes the Idaho story again. So, and you're in you for a treat. This is the first time I must have mentioned Idaho in other Good episodes. Muscle. But this time you, you get a bit of the story. I arrived at Salt Lake City International Airport, a work trip, and hired a car from the airport driving north on the I-15. I'm heading towards Idaho because I was going to do some work at a university in Idaho. And drive through Utah, north, north, get into Idaho, about three and a half hours from the airport there's a place called Malad it's a very small Malad is it like my lad <laughs> Milad did it have an apostrophe after the M no M-A-L-A-D mm. Malad it is a strange name mm. it's in the middle of nowhere in Idaho it's a small town there's one main street you could you could imagine it as a wild west town mm. love it where the, you've got your bank and your post office and a thrift store, a hotel on the corner, which is the hotel I stayed in. I, I stayed a night there because I thought I'd need a rest. I couldn't make Sounds it cool. all the way. Sounds like a, a scene that would be in um, No Country for Old Men or something, yes. like a location. 
I've, I dug out some pictures of it. Oh, actually, I didn't. I went on Google mm-hmm. Earth, Google Sat, and then you type in the name of the place. Not Google Earth, just Google Maps now. You don't use Google Earth because it does the same thing. Remember, Google Earth was yeah, literally yeah. the globe. And you zoom in and out. Yeah, and now you can do it on Google Maps. Uh. You get to the place you want. You click satellite if you want to see the street view. And there's a little yellow person on the side you drag onto the street. Yeah. And then it takes you on street level and you can look around. And I've used that before. I've gone to places. It kind of You mentioned it in one of your earlier episodes. I mean, you're in the barbers. Oh, oh yes. In Oxford. Mm. Yeah. And there's there's pictures on there. You can see me sitting in the barber's chair if you go into that shop. That's good. Because that's a new... um, Not that new, actually. But uh, something they brought into Google Maps where you could actually go into certain shops yeah. on the high sh- on streets and look around inside buildings as well as going down the street yeah. and in this case it's the barbers on the Cali Road and they came in whilst you were having your hair cut yes what is it some dude with this camera there's a spinning camera on the top of his head he didn't have that I think they must have parked their car with the equipment Oh yes, actually, it's all coming to me now. It was a normal camera setup with mm. a big tripod, mm-hmm. and they moved the camera around in the shop. They stood outside, moved it around. It's not as technical as you think. It's not as good as the street view. Yeah, yeah, it was, you, just had, you had the whizzing of the camera when you see the guy going. Yeah, by. but yeah. So you said that um, you asked for your face to be blurred out, yeah. right? And they didn't because they, they didn't. said that's just too beautiful to blur out. Right? <laughs> they kept it there. So you should put the coordinates maybe or screen grab it, put it on Instagram. That'd be quite funny. Okay, I might do that. So I've checked out, you can check out Malad. Mm. It's a classic Midwestern town. Where? It is on the I-15 North. In? In Idaho. Idaho! <laughs> and I went to the hotel it looked deserted all the streets were deserted very wide Mm. roads parked at the back of the hotel there was a few big pickup trucks there got out the car and walked to the door of the hotel that was on this the main street it was completely locked up i thought i better check my emails and the email instructions were ring the bell on the side so i rang, rang the bell and this guy came up eventually took about five minutes i was standing out there showed me my room and he said once you've like settled down come down those stairs just over there and he was pointing to the staircase and there's a a bar there come and have a beer nice I was like I'm so exhausted I've been on a transatlantic flight driven from the airport which kind of shouldn't really be doing because Mm. you've you've crossed these time zones and when we land it's like I'm meant to be asleep doing that man so I drove and then I said to the guy, okay, cool, I'll see how I feel. And I put all my stuff down. And it's those moments where you think, I could quite easily just get in bed or I can do that. What's this guy like? Was he a welcoming guy? Was he friendly? Yeah, he was really yeah. friendly, really nice. And I thought to myself, do you know what? I want to do this because it's an experience. Yeah. If I don't do it, I'm not going to have anything I've learned. I've just gone to bed. And I went downstairs, and it was amazing. This bar... But it's just you and him. Up. There's no one else well, there. He was behind the bar. So when I rang the bell, he must have come from behind the bar, gone upstairs, let me in. And by the time I came down, he was behind the bar serving drinks. So there were people there? There were yeah, guests. there were people okay. there. Okay, it's just weird because the door was locked. Yeah. 
there's a side door for the bar. Oh, nice. But by this time, the, they oh, had closed it, so it became a lock-in. And I sat at the bar, and there were some Halloween decorations in pre-Halloween, mm. early October. And there was this beautiful memorial with some candles and some mm. flowers for Tom Petty. And it said, oh. rest in peace, Tom. And because I was so tired... And it's so emotional. I didn't burst into tears, but I can feel it welling up right now. And I I shed a tear at the bar. And he offered me a drink. I could see he he could see that Mm. I was a bit sad, but I kind of snapped out of it. It was one of those Mm. moments we were describing earlier where you you kind of try rationalize you know work out what's going on. Mm. Okay, I'm not desperately sad. Well I am, Tom Petty died, Mm. but I'm I'm exhausted. And I'm in an unfamiliar surrounding. I've taken a risk where I could have just gone to bed, had my beer, Coors Light or whatever it was. There were people playing pool. There was a jukebox and they had Tom Petty playing on the jukebox. The guys in there were selecting Tom Petty stuff the whole time. And I just felt at home. I thought, you know, I'm in glad the country. I, I'm glad I came down to the bar. Yeah. yeah. I'm in a country where Tom Petty came from. Mm. Tom Petty, like, evokes the wild open spaces, the West. Mm. And, of course, I've got this Tom Petty Fantastic. Simpsons toy. And whenever I look at it, I think of that time when I was That's sitting great. in the bar. Yeah. Brings a tear to my eye. So. Beautiful. Do you know what else brought a tear to my eye? when you snagged your tentacles in your zip this morning <laughs> that's really painful I haven't done that for years because I wear boxes or underpants yeah so if you freeball it then yeah. you could you snag. could freeball it and call it commando <laughs> no well I know it's commando yeah. but I've always known it as freeballing yeah. <laughs> but there you go makes me laugh because um, no, so what you said you had another tear in your eye yeah, so today... We'll start talking about testicles. I don't want to make it depressing or anything. Yeah. And through this whole lockdown thing, I felt I've coped pretty mm. well. And mm. it's a difficult time for lots of people. Yeah. Ralph's really into the Foo Fighters. Oh, he cool. loves them. He's nine. And mm. he, it's one of those bands that I didn't make him mm. listen to. I've, I've suggested oh, Pearl Jam or Nirvana. Mm. He loves Nirvana. Mm. But Foo Fighters he found on his own. And this morning I put... And a film, a short Foo Fighters film. It's a live recording of a 2008 gig in Wembley Arena. And there's this amazing stage in the middle, like a central kind of stage, and this runway that extends right mm. up into the crowd. There are thousands of people all having the best time. And I've got a tear in my eye because I've been thinking I haven't seen mm. crowds like that for so long. and. Mm. Ralph is interested and I said Ralph we're going to go to yeah, something sure. like that it's going to be possible we'll do yeah, it yeah for sure and I, I kind of welled up because I was looking at the screen and seeing this scene beautiful times <laughs> and we'll, we'll be back yeah, we will we will there's light at the end of the tunnel these vaccines are looking good um, from our very own hometown of Oxford I'm sure we had something to do with it they must have found our sperm in the sewers or something. They go, hey, this is the cure for everything. <laughs> it's a very clever place. Isn't yeah. it? Lots of clever <laughs> people come here. Back to the Simpsons. I'm Wait up. Before we go back to the Simpsons, yeah. can we just add a wee break song here? Because I want to go for a wee. Very good idea. Love here it. it. Comes. And I sing it. 
Yeah, you do. Can't wait. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is We Break by Salvador. We break. We Just comes out like a bucket, my piss. Ooh. You know that. It's like you go, you go to some toilets, you know, in the public spaces, and there's old codgers there next to you. Their dingles out, and they're waiting like half an hour for the piss to come out. Me, like I could walk up, I could on the beat, I could bang, 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 piss, and it just comes out straight away. Bash. We went for a walk like a the other night. Yeah. You've always told me this, but when we went for a walk, we were standing fairly close when we both did a yeah. a, a wild wee, I guess, yeah. and. I could hear it, and so, you said it's like a bucket, yeah, isn't it? It comes out, like, yeah. It just splashes out like a big bucket. So the irony is that we are peeing into in a, a bucket. bucket. I know it's weird. I, th I found that pretty meta as well. I was like, "What the fuck is my bucket going to that bucket?" Or... It saves us from having to go through the muddy garden and pee in a hedge yeah. or something. And I always feel bad that it's going to kill some of the plant life. No, it just makes it better, surely. About piss. Not too much. No. Not too much. The Simpsons prank calls. Did you ever do prank calls, Sal? Yeah, loads of times. But not to say, you know, like, you know, can I, ha you know, can I speak to Master Bates or anything like that? You know, a play of words. It was literally just. Um, I remember uh, the record label as well. At one point, just you know, read the phones so. At lunch break, I'll, you know, I'll go to the press department. Hey, look, look, I'll call up a really famous business, and I'll, I'll call up a business, like a big business. I don't know, Apple or whatever. Yeah. And, I, and the guy I was with, he was one of the press officers. He was called like, he was called Bass. Really awesome guy. I used to call him Bassos. So I call up this business, and the receptionist speaker, hello, can I speak to you? Would you like to get food to? That's your Bassos, please. <laughs> Sorry, Bassos. You have to speak to who? Mr. Bassard, please. Uh, what department? Hey, I just make up these like, words, these sounds, and she, I'll make her say, Hey, you're not. Hey, you're not. <laughs> okay, but your name is. <laughs> and I'll go through, I'll keep on going up the ladder, and I'll get to this guy. Say, Can I go to the bathroom, please? Who? And then, yeah, so we'll just do that. I just do silly calls like that, and how long I could stay on the phone for <laughs> without cracking up and pissing myself. Because Bart Simpson phones up Moe's Tavern quite a bit. Yes. And he says things like, can I speak to Ollie? And Moe will go, Ollie? Ollie who? And he goes, Ollie Tabuga. And then Moe will shout out to the bar, Ollie Tabuga! <laughs> <laughs> like Ollie Tabuga. And everyone cracks up at the bar. And he never knows it's Bart, does he? No. He realises it's actual... He, he always gets cross and he goes, I'm gonna get you that little and he gets so annoyed by him. We used to do prank calls. Oh yeah. Back in the day where everyone had landlines, there were no mobile phones. Sounds like we're a couple of old men yeah. in the shed. Which I guess we kind of are. And I would phone up people, businesses, like the butcher shop, for example, <laughs> and I would say I'm having a party, 21st birthday party. I want to order some food, yeah, some meat. Some meat. 
have you got a, a lamb or lamb on the spit? And they'll be like, yeah, uh, cool. I'd, I'd need one of those. Uh, I need about 10 kilograms of burravos. Love it. I need some chicken. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And I say, have you got a pig's head? And he goes, yeah, I'm sure we could. Yeah, I think so. And I go, God, you must be ugly. <laughs> and then put the phone down. It's terrible, isn't it? But it that was better than bus. <laughs> and then things like you phone up someone's house, you look through the phone book, and this is when everyone had like yeah, a yeah, phone yeah, book. yeah, and you know their name. Yeah, pick up a number, know their name, and you phone and go, uh, "Hello, Mrs. Brown. This is the electrical company <laughs> phoning the electric board," and the receiver would say, the person receiving the call would say, "Oh, okay," and you'd say. We're just checking the local area because we've had some issues. Would you mind checking if your fridge is running? And hopefully they'll go off and go, yeah, my fridge is running. And then you say, well, you better run after it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if it's that funny. I and guess at the just time, wait for their response? Yeah, sometimes. Or they'll just hang up because right. you start laughing. It's, I suppose it's those things where you, you're with your mates and I'd do it with my friends and you'd have a giggle. Like, do you ever do like knock down ginger? How does that work? You probably had a different name for it in South Africa. It's literally just walking up to the door, knocking on it and running away, just hiding behind a bush and seeing them open the door and just have a little snigger and that was it. We'd call it tok-toki. Tok-toki, better. And you'd, you'd knock on the door and do exactly that. But ours progressed yeah. because we lived in this block of flats called Darrenwood Heights where there was two floors and it went around in a big horseshoe shape and in the middle there was the swimming pool massive garden and there was loads of flats mm. but everyone kind of knew us and they knew us group of kids were naughty and this was Gary Peterkin who I spoke about in previous episodes the kid who had everything mm. he had the ET Kuahara BMX he had the gold cool. creepy crawly inflatable that you could go on the pool mm. with he had the best of everything he had the the coca-cola black yo-yo the russell spinner the russell spinners and he was naughty and what he did was got dog poo put it in a brown paper <sighs> yeah. bag and then lit Lights it in. and the person then knock and run and the person comes out and sees this burning paper bag and then stamps on it <laughs> very mean that's naughty isn't that it that is naughty but you can imagine Bart Simpson doing stuff like that yeah you? there's a great scene this is one when, when he when he's, he's skateboarding naked through Springfield and it's one <laughs> of those great pieces of animation where you know just strategically placed objects which he passes through just covers his penis yes <laughs> and he's going for everything like you know there'll be someone's hair in the way or a bicycle or ball bounces just where his, his dick is yeah. and he keeps on going he keeps on going and you think oh fuck he's done it this is great and he just hits you know he goes past these long hedgerow and it, for some bizarre reason the middle section of the hedge is missing and you just see his dick in like half a second <laughs> you know where you least expect it and it was fantastic and me and Keith just like cracked like, ah, it's hilarious he farts dick this tiny little yellow little, body little nubbin just going through like bless him oh Bart's so cute and yeah. he loves skateboarding and I think that was another thing mm. that made me love skateboarding mm. even more than I already did was like Bart Simpson skates he did make it cool yeah he was really good I actually had a 41st birthday party 
where the kids and Joe got me Simpsons stuff or didn't awesome. get me it they made it mm. the kids drew Simpsons cards and I'm looking at it here is the donut you know this is like yeah 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 it's sewed with felt and it's got a pink that's awesome felt and on it's the got the top. little hundreds of thousands sprinkled on top and when you look at it I know when I look at it I know what it is but yeah. I was like that's the Simpsons donut yeah and I've got a Simpsons annual Love 2018 it. annual and look on the back there, there it is there's a donut there's the donut and we've got Maggie, Maggie. sleeping on the donut who I confusingly called Lisa said name Oh, that's easily done, so. Yeah. Love it. And you know, the uh, illustrations are great, but all the illustrations done now in The Simpsons for quite a while now has been, I think it's, it's, it's all illustrated in South Africa, uh, South, Af South Korea. So, because it's cheaper, cheaper work um, fees and stuff. So, Matt Groening and his team will oversee everything, but all the animation is done in South Korea. That's so, they do all the drawings there, and they're just, you know, it's fantastic. And when it started, Matt Groening would obviously mm, draw them himself. himself. But yeah, check out the first ever episode on the Chase Elman show. They're horrendous. They look nothing like that. I'll have a look. It's almost like the Mickey Mouse Disney thing. Steamboat Willie. Yeah, mm. and you see Mickey Mouse early yeah, yeah, yeah. days. But, the first ever. But those are quite good though, those Yeah, drawings. they're beautiful, those Walt Disney animations. They were fluids, you know. Yeah. Itchy and Scratchy, of course, were mm. a great little side cartoon within the cartoon. And then do you remember Ren and Stimpy? Yes, and that was very similar to mm. Itchy and Scratchy. Very violent, like skin yeah, ripping Yeah, there wouldn't have been any Ren and Stimpy if there was no Itchy and Scratchy, I don't think. I think it's... A spin-off. Uh, not yeah. a spin-off, but it was in, influenced and, by... Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, of course, the opening scene on the sofa where wow. everyone rushes in and every time I watched it I'd be looking for what they did and that's another thing we would talk about before school we'd talk about who mm. went in I asked Ralph this evening what his favourite part of The Simpsons is why does he love The Simpsons mm. and he said Homer, Bart, Duff Beer fantastic and I said why Duff Beer he says because it makes Barney burp <laughs> isn't that lovely I, I, I always find it interesting why like Keeks and Ralph our boys would like The Simpsons because a vast majority of it is comedy which is you know which would just go over their heads in regards to pop culture references of the time which they would have known about and the presidents and what have you but then also you know they bring up prostitutes alcoholism and and depression and what have you in regards to Mo and, and mm. stuff like that really challenging um, storylines mm. and stuff but they love it there's something about it I think it's because it's a bit dangerous what we saw in it and it's nothing like anything else they're watching on Netflix or what have you um, and I, I think Kiko learns funny enough a lot of stuff about how the world works in regards to society through The Simpsons yeah. which is kind of strange even though I did say the you know the majority are deplorable characters but it shows the sides of you know dysfunctional families and bullies and, mm. and, and, and and rich greedy people and how people are disadvantaged um, through greed and stuff um, 
There's always a good message. It is. I was, was watching one today, but it was all done in jest as well. You know, yeah. it's about the paparazzi and taking pictures of famous people and you know just for mm. quick sales and what have you. But yeah, all these parts of society and life that you know they they, they probably wouldn't discuss at primary school, mm. but for some clever way, the Simpsons and Matt Groening managed to weave it into their stories, yeah. and the kids just kind of like that. I'm sure it's the you know, majority of the times he's not getting, he's not laughing at the most of the jokes that I am. Mm. All these subtle one-liners and stuff, but he loves it. Now, obviously, he loves Bart, you know, mm. someone that he can relate to. I think Bart's 10, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're one year away. I know, it is interesting how they, they like it so much, and sometimes there are those questionable parts, like prostitutes or mm. drugs or whatever, and it seems to wash over yeah. him. I think he's so enthralled by the drawings and the... They do look weird as well, you're right, it's the aesthetics. They do look weird. I was always confused, like, so what, what, are these white people I was saying to myself, are they white? Because there's, you know, there's black people there, there's brown people there and stuff. But white people aren't yellow, you know, they don't have yellow, bright, primary yellow skin. It's kind of interesting. And and, and also that Bart didn't have a hairline. Yes. It was just, I think he's the only one that doesn't have a hairline. I think everyone has, oh, Maggie. I mean, Lisa. Lisa and Maggie. And Maggie. But, you know, uh, Millhouse says hair, right? And yeah. all the bullies and what have you, and Ralph, and it's just kind of weird. And Marge's hair is fantastic, that big blue booth yeah. that goes really high up. Yeah. Oh, his granddad's got a bit of the old spiky hair at the top, but that weird little yellow thing. But, yeah, I always found it kind of fascinating, the aesthetics of it. It was completely weird and different. Lovely bright colours the whole it. time. And the music's great, and it's uh, the music's done by Danny Elfman, who did the score for Batman, the t- uh, Tim Burton uh, movies. So good knowledge. Once you hear that and hear the Batman music, you can see the similarities. Very interesting. Mm. The music goes. I'll try it on the harmonica. Cool. Beautiful. We end on that. I love it. <laughs> Good night. Night. Open up the strong box. What's in your shed? What's in your shed? and treasures and the books that we read What's in your shed? What's in your shed?